Welcome back to The Pod and the Pendulum. Typically the show that covers all the horror movie franchises one movie in one episode at a time. But today, we are doing something completely different. Uh, this is your host, Mike Snoonian, recording in the frigid outdoors. We're recording in the uh, mountains of Telluride at the Tel- Telluride Horror Show. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ari Hellraiser. Ari, how are we? I'm doing so good. I'm looking around at these mountains with the beautiful fall colors, and I just can't believe where I am. Um, are we warm enough? I feel like, <laughs> am I maybe, am I forcing you to do this no, right no, now? Are we no, turning? I've got a jacket. I've got my extra hot latte. We're good. You're not going to be Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. No, I'm okay. from a cold part of the world. Okay. I can do this. We, we both are, but yes. I... So we may hear some extra sounds around us right now, and that's okay. We'll give it a moment. Our show has made people tearful before. It's okay. It's true. So. This is Charlie. Is Dad inside? All right. I'll let him know. Where are you going here, Ryan? I don't know. I'll let Dad know. I got a little bowl with your name, my friend. There's always more hot cocoa, buddy. Yeah. All right. I forget where we were. Uh, we were just saying we're in the mountains. Yes, we are in the mountains. Yes. So, Ari, what has your, been your overall impression of Telluride Horror so far? Yeah. Well, as you know, Mike, not only is this my first time at the Telluride Horror Show, this is my first time at any horror festival. Mm-hmm. I have covered virtual fests before, but I've never been to one in person. Mm-hmm. And this is such a fun one for my first one because... The vibe here is so chill, which makes sense for Colorado, but they're really living it out. Um, everybody's been super nice. You stand in line, you just talk to strangers. We're all here for the same thing. There's, the variety of movies has been good. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get into that. And I just feel like there's kind of something for everybody. Yeah. It's also easy to take a break and walk away if you mm-hmm. need to. As a person who's lost all the time everything is really close in this town like everything's two blocks from something else so and it's a straight line it is i can't get lost if i try yeah like if you like what do i do i just walk straight Mm -hmm. and you're good Mm -hmm. and the perfect thing is like two of the theaters are within 30 seconds of one another yeah so you don't depending on what you're seeing you'd never have to walk too far yeah get out of one and what's really great is, like you said, there's like a break in between. There's usually like an hour in between movies. You get a bite to eat. You can like walk one of the trails. And it's a way more relaxed vibe than mm-hmm. most film festivals that I've gone to. I mean, I say that as one of the hosts. Plus, there's so many dogs. So many dogs. Beautiful dogs. Yeah. And I saw three Samoids yesterday. Oh, and they just all want to be petted. And yeah. They're all friendly. It's yeah. amazing. They're all calm and stuff. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I've been here... This is my 11th year coming, 
is a host and I've watched this thing grow from just being like maybe a hundred and a hundred to a hundred and fifty like locals come out for it to like fifteen hundred or so people coming from like all over where now like there's like been a half a dozen people from Boston that are here like just random other people that have flown halfway across the country for this from like Wisconsin to Seattle to Texas like people coming from everywhere for this weekend so to watch it grow but also the vibe has never changed and like it stayed mm-hmm. super laid back and friendly and it doesn't feel like industry it doesn't feel like people are here to like move and shake um, right which is fucking great uh, and it's insanely beautiful like listeners will post pictures on the website yes. like we are literally sitting outside right now in an old west town surrounded by mountains uh with like perfect fall leaves like it does not get any better there is like it's weird like you'll watch a movie and we'll talk about that in a minute where like children are literally microwaved um and they go very hard and then you'll walk out into like this absolutely pristine like god lives here type of like conditions so it's 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 a choice yeah um but let's talk a few of the movies we've seen like a number of these are going to be available on services like shutter very soon some are going to play uh some limited theatrical engagement soon uh where would you like to start ariel like what's one movie that has stood out to you I want to talk about Frogman. Let's do that. <laughs> no one is ready for Frogman, but let's do our best. I think that's true. So this was the 10 a.m. slot on Saturday. So the first film of the second day of the fest. So it's a good one. To like, you got to wake people up. You got to re-engage them, especially if they were partying the night before. And Frogman delivers. I wasn't really, I didn't know that much about it. I knew it was about it a guy searching for a cryptid. It's found footage mockumentary style, which I always love. And it's just hilarious and well-made. Um, the cinematographer on Scare Package is the director, mm-hmm. and I love Scare Package, and so like I'm ready for anything they do. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. So much more fun, like surprising. Yeah, Frogman might be my favorite of the festival so far like the surprise hit for me it's basically Blair Witch Project with a giant frog that has a magic wand a magic wand it is it's hilarious insane it's a filmmaker who is a bit of like at best described as like a slacker that has not really kind of gone anywhere like he's kind of peaked at 10 years old after maybe (laughs) finding footage of frog band while on a family trip it's he his best friend and a woman who he uh, is best also best friends with who he had like one night of a passionate affair with and they decide to accompany him and uh kind of like humor him on his journey to find the frog man and there's a whole like conspiracy like is the town in on uh, protecting the frog man um, it definitely goes some places. You see some things. For a very low-budget movie, it has some phenomenal practical special effects. Um, it's yes. insanely funny and also insanely moving. Like, I wasn't expecting to have, like, some of the feels. Yeah. Because um, this guy's really going through an emotional journey yeah. trying to prove Frogman exists because nobody believes him. Yeah. 
I feel like it's not picked up yet. It will be, uh, without a doubt. It feels like it's ready-made for something like Shudder, even Screenbox, where I feel like Screenbox is the horror streaming service for, like, super weird, offbeat, kind of, like, killer uh, cult films. Yes. Like, it feels like it's tailor-made for that. Um, I highly recommend checking it out first opportunity that you get the chance to. Um, I agree. You're not ready for it. I just <laughs> promise you that no one is ready for Frogman. I think that's true. Um, I want to talk about I Will Never Leave You Alone. Oh, boy. This is the opposite of Frogman in terms of being a feel-good, happy um, movie, but it is also phenomenal. It is. The range and intensity of emotions that I experienced at I Will Never Leave You Alone was surprising. There are some really funny parts, particularly from one character who adds a lot of levity, and then there are some horrifying, devastating parts. At at one point, Mike turned to me and asked me if I was okay, and I think he was ready to, like, escort me out and help me do I some breathing exercises. Was literally ready to hug Ariel <laughs> and say, like, do you need a minute to leave the theater? We won't spoil it, but this very intense moment happens Oof. that is something that I've never, I've never seen, seen it. in a I've horror movie. I've never seen anything um, like it. And it's... The backdrop of the movie is, like, you have your main character that is released from prison after spending six years in there for, like, involuntary manslaughter and he's now like mute he like has like vocal cord paralysis and he has to spend six nights in a haunted house to cleanse it basically so it can be sold uh and you have like some really like the scares like there's nothing that is like you haven't seen before in terms of like the kind of scares there are but they're extremely well executed yes um like there and i would say this listeners like sitting next to ari (laughs) in a movie where there are jump scares is a real treat because like you get a full body (laughs) reaction from ariel when it comes to this i am very expressive i can't help yes (laughs) so it's a real treat and there's a character like ari mentioned named mike who He's kind of like the, the maintenance person, and he's like uh, very funny, he's charming, and he's like trying to like talk to the dude who's who's there, and at one point he's explaining all the mythology behind the house, and it's very like Blair Witch Project in terms of the mythology yes. of like, there was a witch, and the townspeople killed her, and now she haunts the place. So he's telling her all this, and then a door opens on its own, and he's like, well, that's enough for me, I'm out of here, and just pieces <laughs> out, and it's great. It's the timing on it is excellent. Yeah. I want to look up that actor because he was really he was funny. brilliant. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him in other yeah, things. Yeah, he looked familiar to me. Um, and it's a debut feature. We got it in at the absolute last minute, and I'm really glad we did. Again, it's one of those movies that people deserve to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets so dark in yeah. the last act. It's very intense. Like that manages to pull that shift off. Yep. Like, without feeling jarring. So, absolutely fucking loved it. It's called I Will Never Leave You Alone. Yes, um, and I'm not going to say what the content warning is, but if you want any content warnings, maybe look them up for this movie. Yes. It goes hard. It goes very hard. But it's great. It's great. Yeah. What's your next pick? We got to talk Hell House. Yes. Oh, my God. This so, is a... Could you do the full name off the top of your head? Um, Carmichael Manor... Hell House Origins? I think it's Hell House 4 Origins, the Carmichael Manor. 
Some some sort of mix and match of those words. Yes. If you Google Carmichael Manor, you'll certainly find it. Don't know what Stephen Cagnetti has against simple titles for his movies, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so much fun. For fans of the original, I think you'll find a lot to like in this one. You know, it's one of those things where people have different feelings about the second one and the third one and that's okay like throughout a franchise things change but this movie kind of goes back to its roots it has excellent scares this is where mike got to experience how i do with jump scares and it's also really funny and it balances those two things really well yeah i famously said when we covered like the hell house franchise that it really it was an example of like a movie that only needed to be one movie. It didn't need to really be a franchise. Even though there are like a parts of two that I really liked and I'm higher on three than most. And I am definitely proven wrong with Hell House 4. Yeah. Um, it is on par with the, and again, coming off like world premiere high a little bit. Yep. Um, but it is on par with the original. Like Stephen Cognetti, the writer director, his goal was to kind of go back with what worked. And what works are the clowns. Yep. And ladies and gentlemen, if you were scared of the clown in Hell House <laughs> LLC, you will get your money's worth here. Yes. Um, but it also crafts like a much different story. It doesn't take place at the Abaddon Hotel. Mm -hmm. It takes place at the character named Carmichael Manor. Uh, but it ties very nicely into the, the mythos of Hell House in a way that doesn't feel necessarily forced. Right. It follows two young women... Um, Margot and Rebecca, where like Margot is a, she runs a site that dives into true crime. Uh, the crime is kind of based, on, I would say, on the DeFeo murders of, yeah. uh, behind Amityville. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool like changeling vibe, given the layout yes. of the house and a couple things that happen in it. So it's not like a gore fest. Um, some terrific jump scares, and like, what I really like about how Cognetti does found footage is because they're mockumentaries, there's a score, and the score is incredibly effective here. Yes. Um, and he paces out scares throughout the movie. They're not all held for like the last five minutes, and you're kind of bored for the first 80 minutes. So Hell House 4, definitely a roller coaster ride. <laughs> One of the most fun films of the whole festival. Um, comes out in Shutter October 30th. It should be you're like go to like let's watch this this Halloween season yes, like, I highly recommend it so what should we talk about next um you'll never find me I really okay. liked that one I don't know if you liked that one as much as I did let's do it okay um so you'll never find me was the first film that I saw at the festival and it takes place in um, a mobile home late at night during a storm and there's a man who lives there by himself and a woman comes to his door to find shelter from the storm. And it's got this really paranoid vibe throughout where it seems like maybe one of them is tricking the other or maybe they're both tricking each other and you can't really track what's going on. And as you slowly figure out what is happening, it gets more and more terrifying. Um, it's Australian and it gave me some Wolf Creek vibes of like, relying on the kindness of strangers and hoping it works out. Nowhere near as, as violent as Wolf Creek. Um, it, it, I love the ending of this yeah. one. Like, the way it wraps up, I really enjoyed, and I didn't expect. Yeah, if it ended 
five minutes sooner, I would not have liked the ending. Yeah, same. It, it has a point where you like think that this war is naturally I was going like to angry. end. Yeah. yeah, and then it doesn't, and it's a very, very satisfying payoff. Um, I really did like this movie. I um, thought it was incredibly well acted, and there's like a yes. uh, age gap between the actors. They're probably about thirty years apart, um, so there's that dynamic there. There's this sense of like paranoia that hangs throughout it where you really do not know who this young woman is, why she is there, and if this guy has like a more sinister intent, uh, if there's something wrong with him. And the lighting in this as well, where it's yeah. all taking place within this one trailer, like that's where 99.9% of it takes place. It's this incredibly confined space, and it's all taking place during this. Um, raging thunderstorm so you have um, these like booming thunder effects and pounding rain going out so it's great atmosphere throughout um, but then like the power goes out and there's just like minimal use of lighting that just adds to the tension and this feeling of dread um, it is really fantastic throughout so it's one of those like feels like a festival horror movies like it just has yeah. one of those like you only see it at a fest type of movies and I'm really glad that I did Speaking of only seeing it at a festival, <laughs> let's talk the coffee table. Oh boy, oh boy. The feel bad film of the year. Oh, man. I liked it though. You were in the minority amongst our friends right now. Um, in my introduction for this movie, I talked about how there's like a lot of kind of like feel good horror in the past year. There are movies like Totally Killer, which has just come out, which I think is like really life affirming. Movies like Megan and Cocaine Bear, in uh, another film that's played here, uh, It's a Wonderful Knife, that are like ultimately like kind of uplifting, and this is not that movie. Um, this movie is like about pain, and this movie is about utter grief and how you know just like a small small mistake can utterly ruin your life in ways that there's just no coming back from yes um, a true accident a, a true accident yeah what was your would you want to describe the setup of this one uh a couple like a couple buys a coffee table and everything goes wrong that's pretty much it like to say anything else would really be a spoiler because so much happens and every time you think it's the worst it could be it mm -hmm. continues to get yeah. worse um really well acted excellent sense of like terror and dread mm -hmm. throughout yeah and our, our friends that didn't like it we were talking about it last night they were like I hate every single person in this movie and I'm like even the baby they're like especially the baby the baby <laughs> didn't shut up throughout the whole movie I'm like wow like okay um, I don't think we're meant to really like the, the character baby? well yeah. the, I think we're meant to be neutral on the baby maybe but okay. like the adults, I and and even the the kid, mm -hmm. I think we're meant to not like them. Yeah. I think that's the point. And that's I'm not saying our friends didn't understand that. I just think like sometimes you're in the mood for that, and sometimes you're not. Yeah, it was a choice to program it as the last <laughs> movie of the night, which is usually when you get like something that's a bit more raucous and is like going to send you home on a high. Yeah. Um, this was like one of those like when I walked out of the theater because I usually walk out first because I like to see people's reactions and it was like stone face silence like yeah. people were going to call their loved ones to say goodnight and that they love them 
yeah. Um, yeah. that type of feel to it. Um, what else? Uh, just quick content warning for the coffee table as well. Um, let's see. Yes, definitely do a content <laughs> warning. Um, I'm trying to think. Sleep. Okay. Sleep was really good. Yeah. Um, a film out of Korea about a, another, you know, couple with a young baby, a newborn, and um, the man is having trouble sleeping, and so they take him to do a sleep study and get him some treatments, and things kind of just get worse from there. Yeah. I mean, South Korea has a history in the past few decades of some of the just most beautiful genre efforts, whether in some of the most disturbing, like whether it's Old Boy or I Saw the Devil, right. A Tale of Two Sisters. This one is a lot quieter. It's not nearly as like grisly or hardcore. Um, it's a lot funnier. And there's no real villain in it. And right, that's don't true. don't even know if there really is a supernatural element to it. Like the impetus for the you. The reveal is like the woman believes that her um, downstairs neighbors, like her, the neighbors, like dad used to own the place, and they believe that like he is now like haunting them and like possessing the husband in order to like kill the baby and the husband eventually, and she kind of goes mad from this. Yeah. Um, and you don't know, like, is the dad really possessed? Is he just experiencing this, like, in very intense, like, sleepwalking? Um, and what's amazing is, like, both partners are, like, fully committed to each other. Like, he's actually yes. a really good dad and a really... It's kind of nice to see that, because usually you see in these movies, like, the dad is really shitty. It doesn't validate the partner. He's like, you're just crazy. What are you doing? And he is the opposite of that. Yeah. So it's, like, really beautiful. Um, there I are several times. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. They they have a sign hanging in their living room. I can't remember the exact wording, but it's something we like we can overcome anything when we work together. Yes, and there are several times throughout the movie where they sort of like hit a hard time, and they they point to the sign, they tap the sign, mm -hmm. and it sort of is an anchoring point for them to say, okay, let's work together on this. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure it out, and that's really beautiful. Yeah. Even at the end. When he's ready to walk out the door, she's like, well, what's the point of having this on the wall? If, right, like, if you're just going to bail. It's really wonderful. It is. It is. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I have one you haven't seen. Okay. Um, and this is one of my favorite movies of the year. It is Late Night with the Devil. And it is uh, a found footage film that it basically, it's uh, David Desmalchian who is a powerhouse in this movie. He's playing a 19th, Jack Delroy, a 1970s late night television talk show host, like a rival to Johnny Carson, that is like losing in the ratings war. And as a last ditch gamble, has like a Halloween special that he's gonna like do like a live kind of exorcism on his show. And it is perfectly mirrors like the late night feel of the 70s. It's incredibly funny. Um, Del Smachian is kind of channeling like Team Coco, Conan O'Brien energy, like mm -hmm. from that period when O'Brien was um, about to get tossed off the Tonight Show and was like had like that kind of like I don't give a fuck energy about him. 
Uh, he's super charming in the role. It's incredibly funny, and then it's also like the last 20 minutes of it are super intense. It mirrors the movie um, Ghost Watch that the BBC did, that one where they did the fake documentary. I love Ghost Watch. Yeah, there's like elements of that in it. It's absolutely like one of my favorite movies of the year. It's de- I need to see it. Definitely, I hope it gets picked up. It's definitely, it's one of those things where it has to get picked up. I mean, a found footage Halloween type, I mean, people are going to eat that up, right? So hopefully yeah. I do get to see it. If it, like, you know, because my top ten rules are always, like, it has to be an official release, like, it can't just play a festival. If it yeah. got picked up by, like, December 31st, it would be my number one okay. horror movie of the year. Wow. I adore this movie I've got to see it twice now in the big screens at festivals um, it's just so charming like the interplay with the co-hosts um, the special effects in it like are simple but like really fucking well done there's like this scene where like worms are coming out of this dude's body oh and it's like totally freaky um, and then like the girl who plays like Lily the possessed girl she is so good in this role in being both hilariously off-putting and also like completely unnerving at the same time so i fucking love it and it just shifts on a dime how about yourself ario what's another pick okay um let's see i'm trying to oh we saw suitable flesh we did yeah which i think a lot of people have seen at this point just because it has been making the festival rounds but that was really good um excellent performances by barbara campton and heather graham and judah lewis i think is his name Mm -hmm. um and it's a movie where there is some body jumping and so different characters have to play different parts and i thought that was really impressive you described it mike this was hilarious yeah this is (laughs) hp lovecraft without the racism and way more kinky sex yep which is, I'm all for that. Like, that is something like, you know, like, we're pretty anti-racist and pretty pro-kinky sex in our horror movies, so yeah. I am definitely all for those things. Yep, yep. Um, Heather Graham is, like, phenomenal in this movie. Like, she's basically playing three different roles throughout mm-hmm. it, and she's very un- un- underappreciated, I find, overall, as a performer. Um, Joe Lynch is the kind of director that these festivals are made for. Like between movies like Mayhem and Everly, Knights of Bad Astem, Wrong Turn 2, um, and he just seems like a real mensch. Like he seems like a one of us mm-hmm. type of director as well, where like we want to see him do really well. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's like super well done. Um, the gore is really over the top. Yes. Um, the sex scenes are more hilarious than erotic. Like, yes, they, they are. Um, our shots and the, the shots and the music are definitely like they are satirizing like 90s erotic thrillers. Yes. Um, so that is definitely a vibe that's going on. Um, and it's very funny. I kind of wanted it. I was expecting it to take that like that next step for him. And it didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. But I still like really enjoyed it overall. So, yeah. um, but, you know, it's it's also going to be on Shutter later this month. Um, so you have the, that movie and then this next one, which is playing again today. It's actually playing for the only time today, which I think you're going to go see, and I've seen it. It's playing theaters on the coast right now, and then plays Shutter 
Uh, we are screening it here because, like most of the people at the festival, will never have the chance to see it on the big screen. Uh, when Evil Lurks, which is one of my favorite movies of the year, I'm super excited to see it. Yeah, this is a movie where if you really liked The Mist, <coughs> if you really liked The Mist, but thought the ending was too cheerful. <laughs> Uh, you will really love uh, When Evil Lurks. Like sounds the, like it's for me. Oh my god. Like The whole vibe of it is so nihilistic and grim. It is by... I'm going to mispronounce it. Give me one second. So it is the follow-up to Terrified by Damien Rugna. Uh, so Terrified, when that came out a few years ago on Shudder, like, hit like a ton of bricks. Like This is a super awesome new voice in horror. This is improves on Terrified in every possible way. Oh my god! From a storytelling, yeah, it's incredible. Um, oh god, I can't wait. It is the story of this like small town in Mexico that believes in possession, and they, they, the, there's like the infected. And when someone is infected, the whole town kind of falls under its spell, and you can become and fall fall under its spell really easy, like just touching its clothes. Um, there's an incident that happens again content warnings all around (laughs) there's an incident that happens with like a dog and a small person that Uh it's telegraphed but then when it happens you're like oh fuck (laughs) and then there's another thing that happens later in the movie that isn't quite as like it's not even like attention's not drawn to it and it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie where I almost threw up Um, yeah it's incredibly (laughs) well acted it's it came out in theaters the same weekend as Exorcist uh, Believer and it was like the only like actual exorcism movie you had to see there is no exorcism that takes place in the movie is a small spoiler like they never actually get around to it for reasons um it is super grim and super dark yet beautiful um i would say if there's a theme to it it is like how what do you want you it's a at? gorgeous bird oh my goodness i'm so sorry that looks like a parrot what is it that it looks like a penguin Listeners, we will post a picture of that bird. Holy shit, that, that was interrupted a- the show. We I'm, will I'm do because so it is. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike. That bird was. Beautiful. If there was a bird worth interrupting the show for, <laughs> I've it was never that seen bird. A bird like that. No. Um, All right. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, back to our horrible, if horrible. There a, <laughs> if there was a theme to the movie, it's like how even your decisions, like the best intentions, can lead to the absolute worst possible outcome. Like every decision the main character makes even though it doesn't seem like a bad decision on the surface leads to everyone around him gets absolutely ruined because of it Uh, it's fucking incredible it's called When Evil Lurks it may even be out on Shudder by the time this episode posts that Um, would be awesome Shudder got terrified it did. So yeah, maybe and I know get it's going to be on when I know it's going to be on the service. Okay, so, good. Yeah, so it's actually going to probably make me resubscribe to the circus. My subscription lapse, and I need to like just sign back up again. Uh, what else have you? What else have you seen? Have we covered everything? No, we didn't talk about Vincent Must Die. Let's do it. And I think that's the last one. Um, so Vincent Must Die is a French movie, and it's about a man named Vincent, just sort of a regular guy. And people in his life start attacking him for no reason, physically. And it's kind of like they look at him, they almost go into a trance. 
they attack him and then when they come back to themselves they don't remember what they did or why they did it and it's got kind of an outbreak vibe like a like a virus vibe where it seems like something is spreading it reminds me a little bit of 28 days later with the rage virus um but it's it's a little slower and quieter than 28 days later yeah it's it was it, i didn't know what to expect going in and like it was good it dragged a little bit for me but i think it had a lot of good stuff in it yeah was it two hours? Is that the one where we were like, yeah. it didn't need to be that long? It didn't need to be two hours, yeah. is the thing. It starts off as like an office comedy. Yes. Like the first two attacks like take place in his office where like an intern like thumps. And the, the attacks are brutal. Like, yeah, they are. Uh, he gets like whacked in the head with like a, a laptop and it shifts to like these meetings with HR and those meetings are really funny because they're played absolutely straight like they're the kind of meetings you would have over the most minor petty incidents right. and they're happening over like these brutal attacks and they're like well why don't you two like shake it out like no harm no foul and it's kind of like reminded me it, it reminded me of like reading Kafka and like the trial like this absolutely petty weird bullshitty type stuff um, and then after about 30 minutes it's no longer a comedy like the comedy right. completely drops out of it and it's really sad more than anything else because this guy yes. cannot be around anybody else like every time someone looks him in the eye including like this one woman he connects with and it seems like he's able to connect with her and not have her attack um, everyone else like just from Jump Street wants to murder him yeah um it does have like a real 28 days later vibe to it um and it goes from just being him to like it becomes an outbreak that starts happening mm -hmm. everywhere and that's where it gets more and more fucked up yeah um I don't know if the relationship between the two leads like it's Margot and Vincent I don't know if it's like the depth of their connection like she literally just delivers food to his um car and he's like oh she's not trying to murder me i think i'm in love with her like that is the depth of the connection right i don't know how much it really earns it um, yeah i think that's a good point but uh, the parts that work like really really work for me i kind of wish it kept that first half hour's tone for a lot longer yeah. like it's a really marked I think we talked about um, I Will Never Leave You Alone and how that one shifts in tone. Mm -hmm. In that one, the shift from like being more funny to like really, really dark, like more much better, mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, I would agree. So, um, One thing I will say for Vincent Must Die is that there are dogs in it. Nothing bad happens to the thankfully, dogs. Thankfully, So yeah. mark in the favor. Yep. Yeah, and the dog is adorable yes. in that movie. Yes, so very cute A plus, buddy. no dogs get hurt in yep. the making of that movie which is great the dogs seem happy so they, yes <laughs> yeah, it's all good dogs are pretty pumped um i think, I think that's it i think that covers everything we've both seen over the past two days let's look at today yeah and i'm going to give you the rundown you tell me what you are into today um i've seen the sacrifice game uh jen wexler's follow up to the ranger and I dug it. It was good. Like, the parts at work really work. Um, are you seeing that today? Yeah, I'm okay. excited for that one. So that one is a Manson-esque cult um, 
invades a private girls' school over Christmas break to do witchy shit. I mean, sounds like all my vibes. Yeah, and there's like, it's about female friendship and uh, cults and witchcraft. And Christmas. And Christmas. <laughs> it is another Christmas horror movie. And the parts that work there, like, really work. Um, we didn't talk about the new Adams Family movie, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, where the devil roams. Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen that I one. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, that will be on Shutter as well. I would okay. encourage people to check that out. Um, I did not get to see. Um, I did not get to see. Hold on, I'll have to edit a little bit. I did not get to see Never Hike Alone Two. But right, me either. But I will watch that. That'll be on their website. Yeah, um, definitely. Films. Definitely watching that. It's on YouTube right now. I love the first one. And Vincent is a former guest of ours. And he's just an awesome fucking dude, too. And I can't wait to go home and get to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you looking forward to today? Is there anything else? I get to see When Evil Lurks, so I'm looking okay. forward to that. And then I haven't done any short films yet, so I'm going to go see A Block of Shorts. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think either of us are going to get to see It's a Wonderful Knife. No. But we heard it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a really fun slasher film that's like a take on It's a Wonderful Life, which, as you know, listeners, is one of my favorite movies of all time and gets me to cry like a baby. So, Ariel, any final thoughts? Any? Um, I'm also looking forward to trivia today. There's going to yes. be some horror trivia, and we're going to play and hopefully do well. And um, I'm just there's a full day left in this fest, and I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, I got to get ready to go introduce a movie here in just like 15 minutes. So <laughs> we're going to do something we never do, and we're going to wrap up a, movie, a show in less than three hours. Hey, good for us. Oh my God. So listeners, we hope you've really enjoyed this little bonus show. It's posting in between Spiral and Saw 10. Uh, if you like this, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your episodes. And hey, we want to send more of us to more festivals, so consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash and the pendulum, and we are out of here.